Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The restaurant industry has been one of the hardest hit by everyone staying home. Never in our history have we seen every restaurant dining room across the country completely shut down. But despite many restaurants seeing zero sales, there are actually some doing okay. Chipotle reported their quarterly earnings yesterday, and as you might imagine, there was a low point. The last week in March, their same-store sales were down 35%, but overall for the quarter, their same-store sales were actually up 3.3%. Yesterday, their stock shot up more than 100 points, 15%. So how did Chipotle do it? Today on Dumb Money Live... What other restaurants will survive or even thrive in our new stay-at-home economy? And which ones could fail? This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean. Streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money, and this Chipotle story is absolutely remarkable. Chris and I were debating last night on why Chipotle is thriving, and although neither of us have jumped into a Domino's pizza trade, we've, we have a, dis- a debate about that as well, but I still want to own Domino's. We saw them beat earning estimates this morning. Stock is down 5% the last I checked. We're going to talk about that, our Domino's debate, and something you can't debate, the fact that Chipotle's digital sales were up 81% this last quarter, up 100% in March alone, doubling their online orders. So Chris, what is your take on America's favorite burrito? Well, as we discussed last night uh, in my yard party, my social distancing <laughs> yard party that we had, uh, we, we Jordan, I wish you still lived on our street. <laughs> we, we, I, we had... We had I Dave. bought a bottle of wine, two plastic wine glasses. Me and Megan came over, and I brought a tape measure so that we made sure that we were 15 feet apart. Next time, just bring an extra chair and prop me up as like a laptop or an iPad, and I'll hang out with you. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn and uh, Pamela, we put them in the yard like 15 feet away. Cause, On the other know. side of that little hedge of bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was, was that fun. was that was a lot of fun, man. I did not feel great this morning, but uh, uh, yeah, Amy is texting me this morning. She's uh, she's and Megan is still in bed right now. So uh, yeah, we, we the, clearly the, we clearly did something right. Some Amy, Chardonnay. the school teacher, our school teacher and principal of our house right now. The kids were like 10 a.m. <laughs> I was like, you guys got to start working. Where's your teacher? She's still asleep. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you, no. you don't want to hear about the um, what happened with the yard carrot or uh, Chris's late night proclamation of something he did that nobody else in history has ever done. We can save that maybe for the for the second half of today's show. Fine. Well, uh, well, well, well you don't want to miss that. It's 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 it was uh, quite interesting. Okay, so uh, Chipotle, man, Chipotle, dude. Th- this is. Let me just tell you something about Chipotle. It's an anomaly. It's not going to happen with any other restaurant group, I don't think. It's it. Chipotle, as I said last night, is Tesla of restaurants. 
they have a subset <clears throat> of customers who are super fans and they are going to get their Chipotle. They're going to eat their Chipotle. If it's a global pandemic, if they got to pick it up, if they got to get it delivered, if they got to pay two times as much to get it, there are people that are just addicted to Chipotle and they're going to get their Chipotle, period. So why did we miss this? We should not have missed. This is one that we should have been on top of way earlier in this cycle, guys. We, I should have so been on top of it. And in addition to that, which... I agree that there are the Chipotle super fans out there that are, you know, that's their place. They're going to go there. I think that another reason they did well is they've been recovering from this like food safety problem that they had a few years back. And now with all the changes they made, I can't think of a restaurant anywhere in America that has better food preparation, better food handling procedures than Chipotle. Yeah, I think that's a bias for me is that I've kind of written them off as an investment because of what happened a few years ago with them. And I should totally take that off the table. Yeah, um, you need to because they have so much going. They have their app. So they're pushing their rewards program now. They have daily signups uh, that are four times higher in April than they were in the past. 65% of those users uh, on their new loyalty thing are first-time Chipotle customers. That's up from their, their previous stats. They have delivery. They've had that uh, partnership with DoorDash. They added Uber Eats. They now have free delivery. I actually went on their app yesterday, and it and it's a it's, it's a really good ordering process. You can basically customize your burrito. They didn't have guacamole in the app for some reason. Maybe that was just my local store. But they have Uber mm. Eats and DoorDash, and they have their like drive-through. They're calling them Chipotle Lanes. All of their new stores, like seventy percent of their new stores, are getting these drive like drive-through. Uh, burritos and it's all the, their new ceo that took over like a couple years ago they were on this downhill decline for for multiple years and their stock is up like 200 since he took over uh he's the former guy from taco bell digital strategy killing it dave the one thing that matters more than any of that is that most people can't make a burrito at home. They're just not going to. So it's like you got to get you got to get you want your burritos, you want your Mexican food, like you want and and like Chipotle is such a cheap easy way to get it. Like you're just going to get it. Like it makes so much sense looking backwards. Well, it's beyond that. I mean, you could go you could go to Taco Bell and get a burrito, right? But you're not going to get all the fresh ingredients and the guacamole and all that good stuff that that Chipotle has, which you, is there that's what's going for them. Yeah, in general, burritos are a complicated thing to build because there's a lot of ingredients. If you were going to do it yourself, you have to buy buy and grill chicken or steak. You have to buy the vegetables. It's it's way too complicated. I I love burritos. It's, I love Mexican food. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. That's really what I want to talk about. The fact that we missed this trade, you know, because we were busy with other stuff, right? I mean, we've been doing more than restaurants. So we missed that trade, whatever. This episode is all about, all about okay, that one's done. We missed it. Uh, is there anything else out there that we should be looking at in the restaurant sector? Let's dive really deep into the restaurant sector today. I've been looking at all the restaurant stocks. I've been looking at their balance sheets. I've been thinking about which ones are differentiated. Are there any other Chipotles out there? And if so, should we consider going long on a restaurant on stock, restaurant which stock. is especially just, the, the, a lot of them have been beaten up. So 
I pulled the earnings calendar for every public restaurant I could find over the next few weeks, and we'll just go through the list. And I think mm -hmm. we, we basically, what's the title of this episode? Survive, thrive, or fail. Yeah, and so I got some strong opinions. I can't wait to go through this list. I've been thinking about all these restaurant stocks for the most part. Uh, so you Dave, sent me some of your uh, screenshots from right, Google but Trends. We, Do you want to look at those? But, no, well, before we talk specifically about restaurant, individual restaurants, I think we need to understand what the general long thesis is for the restaurant sector. If you're a hedge fund right now, if you're an institution and you're putting massive money behind some of these stocks, the long thesis is that some number of these do have proper balance sheets to survive. <clears throat> and the ones that will survive this period will thrive because the independent restaurants do not have the capital to survive. So you're looking at a situation where theoretically it's 20 to 60% of all independent restaurants go out of business over the next six months, right? Six to nine months. And because of that, that basically softens up the demand, right? For, for and then that softens, softens up the supply, excuse me. So that essentially provides more demand uh, for the restaurants that are remaining, which are the big franchise, deep pocketed Dardens, the Brinkers, right? These guys that have the money to survive will actually flourish if and when people get back to normality, whether it's a year from now, however long it is. That's the long thesis. So as an investor, you have to understand that's why funds are putting money into these restaurant stocks at 50% off because they think they're actually going to be better off at some point in the future. Right or wrong, that's the thesis. Uh, oh, absolutely. And um, there and are... Some some of these, yeah, and and I think we have to look at individual restaurants though, how they're managed, what their branding is, like what type of restaurants are people going to now? What are they going to be going to more in the future? But, but so, before before we go into specific restaurants, are there types of food that we think people like? Okay, this is a this is a high anxiety time, right? So if yeah. there's a lot of anxiety, are there certain types of comfort food? Comfort foods, yes. That, now, have you guys done some driving around stuff like you might have or you've at least been in the community forums? You probably noticed what I noticed. What are the places in town here in Dallas? There's one in particular. There's a couple different themes here that I think people are going crazy for. They can't get enough of it right now. We've talked about one of the themes. Yeah. In this town, Mexican food is the go to. And I had it delivered yeah. yesterday. We talk about Chewy's. We talk about uh, mats over in Lakewood delivers. Same yeah, word. I, think it's, I think it's the margaritas. All these people are going crazy to get delivery margaritas right now. <laughs> I still haven't done it. that. It's part of it, but we were on house party last night uh, for like a, a minute, and, and I was like, I, I was playing that game. Uh, house party is the chips. worst, by the way. It's I don't. I think it was my internet, um, but oh, it was, the, it was it unbearable. Was the it was, it was the low point of this uh, pandemic. Totally. But we're playing chips and guac and I had to go get chips and guac to eat. Just seeing just seeing the words chips and guac made me want to eat it. But here's the thing. Mexican people are craving it. They can't make it on home, at home. That's obviously helped Chipotle. There's another theme that I've seen the most popular place with line around the block. Bubba's fried chicken. Right. Fried <laughs> yeah. chicken. Now, Dave, could you pull up that chart of fried chicken that I put the Google search trend chart that I sent you? 
You have it, a fried it, chicken it, chart? Oh, I yes, a, you do. I have Hang a on, fried me... chicken search chart. Okay. Wait, are you uh, about to go all in on uh, Popeyes again? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not because I'm not. I'm not going to. There it is. There it is. Hey. This, this is a five-year worldwide search for uh, fried chicken. Look fried at this. chicken is that Boom. incredible? What a find! Give it to me. What a find! Right? <laughs> That's awesome. That is a find. Uh, so here's so, the thing. so. Are you thinking uh, Yum Brands because well, of KFC? So um, I'm just thinking in general, right? And so I'm not—I haven't purchased Yum Brands, but when <laughs> I think about fried chicken, I'm certainly thinking. You know, Bubba's has a line around the you know street every night. That's our local fried chicken place. Uh, I have to imagine that that theme is pretty consistent. I know that uh, Crockett, who watches the show all the time, my old roommate, he texted me or said something about Popeyes. Uh, in Jersey, where he lives, like being the most popular restaurant right now. Now, listen, I'm not going to trade that one again because we all know Popeyes <laughs> is too small a piece of uh, Q, Q, it's QSR, QSR, the ticker. Right. Um, but they essentially own uh, Tim Hortons and also Burger King. And I think Tim Hortons is going to get do terrible here. So I, I'm not trading that, right? I'm not, I'm not trading that again just for Popeyes. But Kentucky Fried Chick KFC is actually a reasonably large side uh, piece of Yum! Brands. Yeah. So it's something I'm looking at. They're deeply <clears throat> leveraged Yum! Brands right now. Yeah, the problem is we missed we missed a little pop because they reported already. Yes, but but what they report they reported, but I think a lot of what these guys are reporting, I, I, I think we're going to see it come out really on the over the next quarter. Um, yeah. Because people will continue to have a lot of anxiety. The last quarter didn't Wait, really did Yum, show. I thought I thought Yum was reporting next Wednesday. I thought they already reported. Am I am I crazy? Or did I they think just you're crazy? Let me okay. let me pull up Yum. Yeah, I, I didn't in my research. I didn't think they reported either. I have them. Recently. There's a big day of restaurant earnings next Wednesday that includes. On the list oh, that I was I able was, to find. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they just popped because of how well Chipotle did. Yeah. So yeah. this this day next next week on Wednesday, yeah. uh, Dine Brands, which is Applebee's, IHOP, uh, Yum Brands, which is KFC, <clears throat> Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, all all to me pandemic food. Uh, also, Cheesecake Factory reports that day. Blue Apron reports that day. I think I think that we need to do this episode again. Uh, on Thursday to see how we did on our picks from today. We have like so, a results episode. Like, how did we play it? So I don't like. I don't know if I want to go in on Yum yet. I need to do like you know, uh, Pete. You know, Pizza Hut. Basically, Yum Brands is Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC. Okay. And K what's interesting is KFC is really big in China, and I think you know a lot of the people in China are stressed out right now as well. And I think they're probably consuming a tremendous amount of KFC over there. I actually think KFC could be a needle mover for Yum Brands. Now, what kind of stock chart is that, Dave? But that that's only showing that's Yum a 30, Brands. Of that's a thirty-day, right? Days. Yeah, we got we got to look at something year. bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, so, that, it's still down for the you know overall. So certainly, certainly, you might see a pop here similar <clears> to Chipotle. I don't think it'll be as strong as Chipotle, but certainly there's room for this to move up uh, if KFC isn't, you know, does as well as I think it will. But we need we need to, I think, bring Domino's into this discussion because while they did beat their earnings per share, uh, 
I think up 40% year over year, $3.07. They beat by 72 cents, a big beat. Their stock is down today, even though their their sales were up because it's not all their actual earnings per sale is not based on sales being up, but the fact that they had a lower tax rate on equity compensation. So it's an accounting thing Hmm. that helped Domino's Domino's didn't do that. They didn't blow it out. And what were we talking about last night, Dave? The Domino's data that we were looking at wasn't. Yeah. Remember, that's why I said I wasn't going in on Domino's. It wasn't that impressive. It didn't support it, it. and it, and they had already pre-announced that their same store sales were up like one point six percent in the U.S., one point five percent internationally. But the pandemic sales between March twenty third and April nineteenth, those were only up seven point one percent in the U.S. and actually down over three percent internationally. Yeah, I mean that's so that's- not not great news forward-looking for Domino's. They don't, yeah. they, they pulled all their guidance, but we can <clears> see from the, from the, this window of time that they, yeah, yes, they were up 7% in the U S but does that, that probably isn't signaling good things for Pizza Hut either. No, it's not. And you know why? I think the thesis there um, from what I'm seeing is that there all of a sudden is every, every single place in the world is delivering right now, right? Like overnight we went from having Pizza delivery and a handful of places on Uber Eats that were like, you know, some good ones, but mostly you got bored of Uber Eats after a while and like all this DoorDash stuff. Now, yeah, Door- DoorDash has so many more places on it now. I hope that they stay on because I will continue to eat at home. But in addition to the DoorDash and the Uber Eats and all that stuff, in addition to that, almost every single restaurant in your neighborhood has takeout. They're doing their, their bartenders are delivering to you. Like everyone's trying to support local places. You can get essentially any type of food delivered, and a lot of it's free delivery now, right? So all of a sudden, you're like, I'm not going to eat it. Maybe we didn't think about that. Like, you don't need pizza anymore as much because you have all these options. And by the way, food is all we have right now, right? Like, it's all we have. So you don't want to eat pizza every night. You don't want to feel unhealthy because all these people are already feeling unhealthy because they're stuck in their house all the time. And they don't want to eat nothing but pizza. And it all makes sense, right? All that completely makes sense. But I've never thought that pizza made sense anyways. I haven't understood the huge run up and all these people eating Domino's in the last couple of years when there's, I mean, there's always been such great food out there. Um, well, well, Jordan, I think I think it had to do with with the the app, the Domino's app. They just were so ahead of everyone else on mobile and the ease of ordering they made oh, it yeah, so you fun could, like, and easy the pizza emoji and then the pizza would just show up at your door they made it great they made it fun and easy way. so yeah. if you need their if you app need... is far superior to any other yeah. ordering app and in fact i can't even get the pizza hut app to work you have to go to their website it's probably Terrible. probably a local problem but it doesn't work for me um, so but you're right. It's a t- it's a tough trade because you know pizzas doesn't look great right now with, with Domino's numbers. It, it and was... Domino's had such a huge jump right at the time yeah. when the rest of the market crashed. They're now above that peak again. So I just <clears throat> I'm staying out of it, even though long term I would love to own some Domino's. Well, okay. So young brands, let's just call it like undecided because there's something really positive I think happening with KFC. Um, but it's, it, I don't know if it's enough for me to go in on that trade, but it's possible. I, I, more work, more work to do. I don't think there's a ton of downside on the trade is the, you know, the, but I don't, you know, 
Probably Jordan. Pro, you're probably right. Probably but not. I would, I would think that just the drive-through in general, you're probably gonna, you know, what like sixty or seventy percent of usual traffic, right? And they have no dine-in traffic. Yeah. Um, Cor- and nobody's Cor- delivering those things. I mean, maybe they are. And the knock against Yum Brands <clears throat> is that they levered. I mean, they have levered themselves to the tilt. Yeah. They essentially kept like levering the business to where they don't have assets. They're just doing the profitable stuff now, right? Which is great. It it makes a lot of sense for them, but they don't have that much stuff left that they can use as collateral to just generate more. So they have to like issue more equity, essentially, like a lot of these brands are doing. And by the way, that's been a big trend in the restaurant sector this last month is massive. People are taking out massive debt. They're issuing more shares. They're securing their balance sheets, these big companies. And again, that goes towards the long thesis. And that's why a lot of these restaurant stocks that we're about to talk about, like Darden and Brinker and all these guys actually have come up considerably from their lows a few weeks ago because they have kind of, you know, added a tremendous liquidity. They, they're going to be around in a year, right? They're going to be they, they, they're going to be around a year, year and a half, no matter how rough it gets, it looks like maybe. Um, and they'll be there potentially to kind of get everyone else's business. So what I'm looking for among the group, are there really weak players we can focus on or maybe one or two really strong players like Chipotle we could focus on the long side? I haven't, I'll tell you why. And I think, I think we'll have like strong opinions on what's going to be really good or really bad. Um, now one that I'm kind of neutral on, and there's a little conversation going on in the comments right now about, uh, wing, wing stop. Um, so here's here's their chart, and they actually Ooh. had this giant surge. <clears throat> Insane! They're amazing. not fried chicken, but they're you know they're wings. And you can't make wings right. at home, right? And it is a you comfort cannot. food. It's a comfort food. You can't make them at home. Wing Although stop. People are saying that they associate that with watching sports and uh, watching a football game and eating wings. But yes, Wingstop is on DoorDash, and if you've ever tried to pick up at Wingstop. It's kind of a hassle because they basically don't even start making it until you show up, even if you order in yeah. advance, at least at least locally. But DoorDash is a great way to order wings. I've done that since uh, this lockdown has started. Um, it's a huge move, though. And like, it, did I did I send you a Google Trends chart on Wingstop? I think I might have. Uh, um, it, it or just wings in general. Not, but oh, I did not. Okay, I looked it up. I, listen, as soon as I saw that chart. First of all, I'm I, I agree. Wings is definitely a stronger piece of the industry right now because it's like I said, it's a comfort food, something you can't make at home. But I don't want to touch it there. I just I don't want to touch it there. Is it a good short candidate? Is the question. And I think they must have come out. I didn't have time to research this one, guys. Did they come out already? And 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 they don't have earnings, but they probably made some kind of a statement. It looks like their earnings are coming up in uh, mid. Early May. So I'm pulling on my phone right now. I'm pulling the G Trend chart, and it is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Like 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 they have quite the pop here in the last few weeks of search traffic, uh, specifically for Wingstop. Um, really, really impressive. So the business is certainly there. I don't really want to short it here, and but I also. Man, after that move, I'm. It sounds like the market understands exactly what's happening with Wingstop. So, yeah, I just kind of, I'll kind of leave it alone. But there is so out of all the restaurants, there's one I'm considering going long. Okay, one restaurant, and I'll tell you why I'm not into the other ones. 
And it's the one that, you know, it's debatable how strong their balance sheet is, but it fits within our theme, okay? This is a, a stock that we went short and killed it about a year. Was it a year ago? A little over a year ago? Remember when we had that <clears> rainy <throat> season in Texas and we had more rain than we had in like 60 years? And yep. essentially all the restaurant sales were down, especially if you had patio business. You were way down on patio business. Um we ended up shorting Chewy's yep. uh, and just completely nailed that short. Uh, Chewy's is the one restaurant right now I'm considering going long. Let me just tell you what their balance sheet looks like. So they, they are losing $500,000 a week is what they're saying. They're losing that cash burns 500000 a week. So that's $2 million a month is that what they're losing. But they have $28 million in cash um available to them so they could essentially go what is that two million a month uh 10 they, they can go a year right they can go a year at this rate and <clears throat> be okay now we know things are going to get better for them this summer uh but they have enough cash to survive i feel like when the numbers come out uh at chewy's it, it, I think they're going to be better than expected. You know, I'm not sure, but I think they're going to be better than expected. And if I look at the Chewy stock chart, um, there's upside there. They're still down, I think. Let me pull them. They're down pretty hard. They, they're down pretty hard from their uh, from their highs back in the low yeah, 30s and, down and to 14. Now, part of the issue, so, so there's a stock that they're basically down by almost 50% still right off their highs. I, I don't know if I want to aggressively buy Chewy's here, um, but out of all the stocks, out of all these restaurants, Chewy's is the one that I think has, it plays really well into our Mexican theme. The other theme here I want to talk about is geographic theme, okay? So different parts of the country are doing better or worse with this pandemic, obviously. We all know that. Chewy's has a really geographically focused uh um, mix of restaurants <clears throat> in the South, right? They're almost all in the South and the West. If you look at the restaurants, most of the restaurants are actually in Texas where we're doing pretty well. Um, and people are more willing in the South right now, as it's obvious, to, to go out and start living life again because the infection rate isn't as big. I think we're more casual in the South. There's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons for it. But uh, I think Chewy's is well positioned this summer when the heat comes out that people are going to be going back to Chewy's. You know, you can't keep Southerners away from their Tex-Mex, especially in Texas. Right. You just can't do it. And I think Chewy's is going to be fine. They're going to be uh, they're going to be doing better than any of these other restaurants. You guys agree? I, I, think, I think that they will do well. It looks like yeah. some some people in the comments say that they're that they had a local one go out of uh, business in Illinois. But the. The business here seems to be doing well, and um, of the of the places on DoorDash, they're they're always a top recommendation for me. I guess they know my shopping habits, um, but they <clears throat> typically have a very long delivery time because of their backlog of yeah. orders. And um, I've had you know that 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 to me is an indication that that location at least is doing well. And I've got their earnings bias on this one. I've never been a big fan of Chewy's. Oh, I love Chewy's. I love it. If I'm thinking about if I'm thinking about Mexican food, I am not thinking about Chewy's. Do you want to know what I hate? What's Chipotle. that? Chipotle. 
I hate Chipotle. I don't like it. I don't I'm like neutral. Chipotle. I'm neutral on Chipotle. I think you got to know where you're going. In. You're going to like a quick, cheap, you know, burrito situation there. I don't do it very often, but when I do it, I know what I'm getting. Okay, fine. But it, I think Chewy's does not have as much of a cult following, obviously, as Chipotle. But yeah, yeah. it does kind of have a pretty loyal <laughs> – uh, like my wife – is addicted to Chewy's. Like she, it was the first <clears throat> thing we we've only ordered food in a handful of times for the, over the last yeah. six weeks. And Chewy's is the one of two places. My own restaurant and Chewy's are the they've only. They've only two got places. really one thing going for them, in my opinion. And this is just my opinion, but they've got the jalapeno ranch and that stuff. That's what she loves. <laughs> I yeah. can eat that by the gallon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so listen, I, I'm a fan. I, I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan yeah. of Chewy's. And I think if there's if I'm gonna go long one restaurant stock, it's and I haven't done it yet. But if I'm gonna do it, it's gonna be Chewy's. Uh, that that that's it. So, so um, their earnings report, interestingly, on Cinco de Mayo. So we May fifth, we have a interesting uh, thing to look at there. I I I like Chewy's, and I think that looking at how beat up their stock is, it might be a good one to um, to also go long. I agree with you, Chris. Um, so that's my one long play. So now that we got that out of the way, why don't we talk about a few of these neutral plays? I don't like them, but they have so much cash. It's an insane amount of cash that I don't want to touch them because I feel like they're going to probably survive for a while. So like I'm talking about Darden, I'm talking about uh, Brinker. So Darden has $1.4 billion of, av of available access to cash through their debt lines and through a stock offering that they recently mm. announced. So you know, I, I don't know if the stock offering <clears throat> got done yet or not, but assuming that it does, that's $1.4 billion. They are losing $20 million a week. So that's 80 million a month if i have my numbers right it seems Ouch. insane to me but that's what they're yeah. losing 80 million a month if you extrapolate that that's like almost a billion dollars over the year but they have 1.4 billion so they could survive the year and get to kind of summer 2021 it looks like that doesn't mean i want to own them i think the stock is going to be pretty junky if, if unless they're able to generate some sort of Remind me what restaurants they own. Uh, they oh, oh That's what, Garden? Olive Garden. Oh yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Dol they're basically Olive Garden, and well, they have a couple others though. But Olive Garden is their big one. They have was it? Ma no, no, Maggiano's is and Chili's. They are Cheddar's, Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, Yard House, Capital Grill, Seasons Fifty Two, Eddie V's. Yeah. I hate so, all those restaurants. Bahama Breeze. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, I, I, they're <clears> in a ter terrible place. Uh, they're, they're not. They're doing delivery, but it's not a focus. It's not. It's not. Those are not the restaurants you really want to focus on for delivery. They have too much cash, and I'm gonna just like chill on them and not even touch them. Same thing with Brinker, Chili's, Maggiano's. Uh, God, Chili's is so bad these days. So I can't believe people still go to Chili's. Hey, I think but, someone uh, brought up Bloomin' Brands in the in the comments. Did you did you happen to look at those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about them in, next. Okay. But yeah. but 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 Brinker is losing. They've gotten their cash burn down to ten million <clears throat> a week. Okay, so that's forty million a month they're losing. But they have one billion dollars, right? So Brinker could is theoretically they could go on for like two years. 
and still be technically be there and be around, right? So again, because of that, I'm just gonna like, I'm not gonna go long, I'm not gonna go short, I just wanna leave them alone. Uh, now, Bloomin' Brands is Outback Steakhouse, Carrabba's, I love. I kind of like yeah. Carrabba's, it's like my my little chain place. That's, like that's your uh, drive to the suburbs to go have some Italian food place. <laughs> chain, for chain Italian. Uh, Bone Bonefish Grill, Fleming's Prime Steakhouse. Steakhouse, yeah. Uh, so that is is not they're, they're losing eight to ten million a week. Okay. Um that I, I don't see how much cash for some reason I didn't see I didn't mark down how much cash they had, but I think it's another one. They have a reasonable amount of cash. So I kind of they fall in that same kind of category. But I I I did remember I shorted Blooming Brands and I think if I were going to short one of these big ones, I would probably short Blooming again because I think their cash position, their balance sheet is not as strong from what I seem to remember than as Darden and Brinker is. Uh, so listen, me, I think that they will survive, but I'm not, I'm not excited about them. So I'm just staying away. So here's the thing. The reason why I'm not shorting like Bloomin' Brands and those guys is because there's one that I really hate. And I, it's not just me, but the whole world now hates them. They the do. whole world hates them. The whole world. Jay, you got to have to pick the in a minute. We have to pick. Can you put up the uh, the, 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 up the chart? Uh, not the chart, but the. Um, oh, you can pull up the chart. Yeah, the chart first, and then also that petition. So Ruth oh, Chris, yeah. we've already talked about this. Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Let me tell you the story, of Ruth Chris. 150 steakhouses, all, you know, all over the world, but a lot of them in America, and. Half of them are owned by by Ruth Chris. Half of them are owned by their franchisees. Okay, but most of their money is made internally from their own their own own restaurants. Right. So that's the stock chart for Ruth Chris. Then we'll show you a Google Trends chart for Ruth. Oh, I, I didn't say the Google Trends chart. Um, but just ste steakhouse in general. Do we have a Google Trends chart for? I can, I'll pull up a. Yeah. No, I have. I sent it. you, Dave. I sent. I sent you the. Uh, uh, it's in my presentation. In fact, I sent you Mexican food versus. Uh, steak. I said steak restaurant and then Mexican restaurant. So you can see the difference between the two. And steak restaurant is way weaker. Obviously, like nobody needs to like go out to a steakhouse right now. It's just not something you do. So look at that drop. Look for, at that drop for, in steak restaurant. It's a huge, huge drop, and it hasn't recovered at all. Obviously, and I don't think it will recover. If you go to Mexican restaurant, which is the theme that we're kind of supporting, it's another slide. And that, the next right one. Here. Oh, that Mexican restaurant. So again, Mexican restaurant, smaller drop, and it recovered almost to its baseline already, right? Yeah. If, so, you, if you think of like 50% is about the baseline on this chart. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm really, if I could think of one type of restaurant that I think is going to do the worst during the recovery, meaning like this long recovery when we're kind of going back to real life, but we're kind of not. We're going to our off. Maybe some people are going to work, but they're not like partying. They're not traveling. They're not doing, certainly they're not doing business trips, right? And remember my buddy, John McCain, told me that he, he loves Ruth Chris. He's an oddball for loving Ruth Chris, but he said he, he does it on business trips mostly, yeah. right? The only, no the only people trips. going there are travelers and business expense accounts, right? Yes. You, you, don't, you don't go to Ruth Chris just for a nice Friday night dinner, do you? No. no. And so here's the thing about Ruth Chris. Like they only have, 
I couldn't find their cash burn. It was very difficult for me. They didn't list their cash burn in anything I've read. I couldn't figure out what their cash burn was right now. They haven't released it. But uh, they have 140 million. So they don't have a billion. They have 140 million, which is a lot. And they made this huge mistake of basically getting approved for 20 million of the PPP loans from the government. And that has sparked a firestorm against Ruth Chris. And it started to spark a firestorm against, um, uh, what's the burger? Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Shake Shack. And yeah. they were Shake like, Shack no, no, took no, the money and they, they yeah. oh, we're, we're out. Hey, hold on. So like, let's talk about this Shake Shack thing because didn't, didn't they come out and say that they never applied? They just got the money? Is it, no, how is that even no, possible? No, that, that was no, Harvard that came out and said they didn't apply and just got the money. Who said that? Who said that? Harvard. Oh, that's right. No, 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 no. Endowment. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Harvard got their, their money from as part of the educational thing. But, but yeah, you're, you're right. So Ruth, Shake Shack listened, like Mark Cuban came out and said, oh, this is a brand killer for them. And like uh, instantaneously, Shake Shack was like, they realized what they did. And they're like, yeah. oh, God, we do not need this. We're giving it back. They went on TV, CNBC, the whole thing. Ruth Chris has been silent. They're like, we're, we're keeping our 20 million. Like, we're keeping it. So and you know how it works. Once you take that 20 million, you then have to employ all of your people back. And once you make that decision and you're employed, you can't then turn back because it's too, you've, now you're paying your employees with the government money. If you give the government money back, you still have to pay your employees. So they're stuck. The, people are going insane over this deal. Did you see the petition? There's a petition yeah. in the last few days, 250 thousand people have signed this petition 250,000 people have signed it give back the money which they're have not going to do it what have you signed it yet I have not signed it yet but what was amazing is that little thing Dave they're scrolling like every second there's a new person signing it like it's growing by the second it's unbelievable how fast this petition is moving right <laughs> So look at that. that yeah, that, that's the scroll. There's like the people, ticker. Yeah. There's the ticker of people. This thing has gone viral. And so, like, I am just thinking, God, Wait, the, no. if you were to donate to this, who gets that money? Um, I don't know. But here's the deal. You here's the deal. Ruth Chris just became the Sea World of Steakhouses. <laughs> you realize that? I can't wait for that documentary. The sea world of steakhouses overnight. All of a sudden. Now, if you have a business dinner, are you going to do it at Ruth Chris? Because there might be some random person that in your business, a client that is like maybe angry at Ruth Chris. You don't want to be the guy to be like, oh, we're going to Ruth Chris. And like to, to impress a client that, that thinks Ruth Chris is the sea world of steakhouses. Like you're just not going to mess with it, right? This could be... So damaging. And by the way, it, what if things get really bad? What if there's a second wave in the fall? Do you think the government is going to give any more money to the Ruth Chris's of the world after this whole thing? No, no that, that is over. That's no, over. And, and they're going to design anything in the future to specifically exclude restaurants like Ruth Chris. A hundred percent, right? So, so there's, there's no chance of them. If they give this money back, there's no chance of getting another penny. Okay, but how about the debt markets with all this brand destruction that's happening right now with Ruth Chris? Do you think they're going to be able to go out and easily as a steakhouse and raise more money? Like, I, I think it would be really tough. So they have $140 million. I think... They did last year about half a billion in sales. 
and their margins look to be like 12%, like a restaurant, like a normal restaurant. I don't think a re steakhouses guys are so, you know, we're in the restaurant business, right? So we understand the space. Steakhouses are so expensive to run. These are white tablecloth places, high-end dining. They are expensive. Your overhead is massive, right? And you need to have a tremendous amount of alcohol sales for you to generate profit at a steakhouse. A steakhouse is not about selling steaks. It's about selling expensive alcohol, okay? It's about business dinners and the wine is flowing and the martinis are flowing. That's how you make money at a high-end steakhouse. If you're if you get hit with even a 20 or 30% drop in business at a high-end steakhouse, you're done. You're done, okay? I really believe that there is a reasonably good chance that Ruth Chris not tomorrow, not next month, not this summer, but over the next year if, the, if this pandemic stays pretty bad, even, or even if it doesn't, I think they could be done. I think the brand could be done. No, I completely agree. This is yeah, this think, is the big short for me. No list. Like, I'm no longer going to go to – I've only been once, and it was awful, but this is one more reason to not go. So, like – I'm so, Chris, let's let's talk about this because um, I'm putting our comments on the screen, but we have one from uh, Sean who wants to know if your restaurant got government money. Yes. So we we did. We have 70 some odd employees. We got three hundred and fifty thousand dollars as you know, as neurotic as I am, as you would imagine, my partner is too, Lynn. Uh, we we applied for this loan. We had our paperwork prepared and ready to hand in for the loan before we were actually able, before the bank was even willing to accept it. The, first, the, the We kept calling the bank, can we turn it in? Can we do this? Are we ready? We had our accountant doing everything over that weekend. That yeah. Monday morning, we had, you did too, I know for your bar day. We did. Like, so yeah, the, the, common, the common thread between uh, his restaurants and my bar is Lynn Critcher. And yes, he was on top of it. And uh, we also got our PPP loan so that we could rehire all of our bartenders. But we are a staff of eight people. You're a staff of 70. Yeah, so we hired, basically we're hiring hired everybody. We never really let anybody go, but our, our, our hourly workers got way less hours. We're getting way less hours. Now what we're doing is we basically took our whole staff and we computed, and Dave, you did this kind of for us because you started it with your place and then we mimicked yep. your model. We, we looked at how much money they made with tips and everything. And we essentially said, we are going to pay you uh, exactly what you were making and we're going to pay your tips for you. That's what the government's making you do so that they get the exact same salary over the next couple months so that everybody could be making what they were making before. So we we're, we're maintaining full employment right now, even though our sales are down 95%. Um, but the government is making up for most of that loss. Uh, and then we get to use some of the money, 25% of it, for like our uh, utilities rent, and for rent and stuff like that. that so what thing, we yeah. did is we worked to deal with our landlord. And we said, hey, you know, we're gonna, we'll go out and we'll take this loan. It's, you know, it's risky because we don't spend enough money. They can pull some of it back. But we're going to do it and we're going to pay you. Okay, We're going to make sure you get paid. Um, is and I got this advice from another restaurant friend here in Dallas. Uh, he said, "Do this," and we did it. I said, "I'll pay you your rent. You'll get all your money. All I ask for 
is that when the government gives you tax credit, so I'm going to give you the government money that we're getting, but when the government gives you money, tax credits, uh, this next year, in, in 2021, I want you to take any credits the government gives you and reduce my 2021 lease or rent by that much money. So if the government gives me money, I'll make sure you get it. Government gives you money on our property, make sure I get the discount. And he agreed to it. I think that was a fair way for us to you know, help each other out. So we're still losing money every month at our restaurant. We're losing tens of thousands of dollars, even with the government loan, right? But and at by- least you're able to continue to pay people. And the ones who are able to get more money from unemployment will do that. And the ones who choose to, uh, who will make more money because you're paying their entire salary and tips. I, yes. think, I think this is actually a great program. I'm glad that they got some additional funding for it when used properly. But public companies and Harvard taking taking money, that makes no sense. It's... Yeah. People that have endowments of forty billion dollars taking money from the from taxpayers is actually in it's actually insane. And I'm actually, you know, I signed this petition, but I'm actually okay with the idea of a public company if they're using the money to pay their people, just like they would if they were a small. But you know that these big public companies are not using it that way, right? Well, here's the thing. So, so the, the, what's controversial too is like they have franchisees. They're not giving any of the money to franchisees. They're only using it for the corporate stores, right? So, but yes. here's the I am kind of mixed on it. Like they 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 took the money. If they're taking the money to actually pay people, but they're also paying all their corporate staff and all, and then which is fine. They, they, listen, they're normal people too. They need to make money. The problem is they have enough money without the government money yes. to survive. Where you know, this program was really designed to help the companies that would go out of business and would not be able to pay their people and would have to shut their doors because they can't afford the rent in their restaurant or hair salon or whatever it is. That's what it was intended for. If you have a giant cash amount on your balance sheet, or you have you know, the public companies would survive at least for a while, and and, maybe not this one. And the thing is that the public companies are mostly going to survive and then cash in later on when all the independents go out of business and they're going to steal all that business from them. So this is kind of to help like a little bit help the small businesses, not really, but a little bit, maybe help some of them survive. So anyway, whether we agree with it or not, doesn't matter whether we agreed that, that, that SeaWorld was doing the right thing or not really doesn't matter because I don't matter. What matters is the millions and millions of people that get on this herd mentality of you're bad, bad actor now, you're a bad brand, and we don't like you anymore. And we don't like you at all, and you're going to hurt. And that's what happened to SeaWorld. I think that's what's going to happen to Ruth Chris. So I'm excited about this short. I was already shorting Ruth Chris. I'll continue to short Ruth Chris. Um, if I see additional strength in the next few weeks, which I think could happen with Ruth Chris as we kind of get back into, you know, people getting back in the world and people getting excited about, you know, small businesses like Ruth Chris getting traction again. I don't think they're going to get that much traction. So I'll probably short them heavier uh, if I see a pot, an additional pop from here. But Ruth Chris is my one of my two big restaurant shorts. The other one you already know about, I'm even more excited for the other one, Dave and Buster's. Um, we've talked about this before. It's the weakest of all the weakest restaurants because in addition to being a restaurant, 
They're a place that they serve finger food with kids running around, touching machines. It's so, and they need lots of alcohol sales there, right? And Dave and Buster's, I think, is such a disaster right now. They're down 75% still, 80%. I think they're at a high, high risk of bankruptcy over the course of the next year, year and a half. Um, I don't think they're, I think their business is going to stay muted significantly over the next year. Ruth Chris, Dave and Buster's, they're the weakest, and that's who I'm shorting in the whole sector. And potentially long on Chewy's. Potentially long on Chewy's, yeah. And, and the other ones kind of sit in this middle area of, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to touch them. Let's do just run through this, just because I know that there are a lot of people watching who have a particular restaurant stock that they want our opinion on. And, and we're kind of judging these all against the four things we've talked about, the, the food categories that will do well during a pandemic, strong delivery and takeout options, uh, their financials, their their ability to, to survive this anyway, and just overall consumer sentiment towards that type of um, that type of restaurant. So next week, the big day Wednesday, Blue Apron, Dine Brands. So let Blue Apron's not really a restaurant, but I put it in this list just because it is, it's a it's a stock that's in the news. So remember what happened to Netflix this week? You know, we we, we were heavy Netflix uh, uh, trader. We own a lot of Netflix. I sold uh, half of my Netflix, but I still have the other half. Uh, the the one knock against Netflix this week is that when they came out and said in their letter that there could be a little bit of a pull forward of demand from later on this year. And that, you know, that mentality, I'm sorry, I've just lost my train of thought. What were you, what were you just asking me? What, what's I was asking about Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Blue Apron. That Blue Apron. relates to oh, yeah, correct. This being a, a front-loaded stock that people were buying because they knew that it would do well. And people, go ahead. Yeah, so, so, so I think even Blue Apron's obviously going to put up big numbers. We know that, right? But Blue Apron is such a junky company that everyone's going to be like, great, you put up big numbers, you're a junkie company, you got lucky during the pandemic, people were forced to try to get food into their house. You're, you, this is going to go away. This is going to absolutely go away once people have other options. So I just, I'm still seriously thinking about shorting Blue Apron here. I haven't done it yet, but I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't know if I'll short it before earnings though. But I think I definitely don't want to be long blue blue paper. I, I just don't uh, see next up on on Wednesday we have Dine Brands, which uh, is Applebee's and IHOP, kind of the uh, kind of good on the uh, comfort food front. But those don't seem like to go places. Yeah, I mean, like maybe I, Applebee's. Yeah. I didn't check their balance. Sheet. Those I did not check Dine's balance sheet, so I really don't know if they have enough money to survive this. I would assume. Is that their stock chart right there? That's their they're stock still, chart, yeah. They're still off heavily, so I'd assume their balance sheet probably isn't awesome. So that could be a decent short candidate. But again, look at those brands. I mean, the type of people that go to an Applebee's is different from the type of person that goes to a Ruth Chris. So not. I don't think people are going to go back to Applebee's, but they might kind of go back a little bit, where I don't think anyone's going back to Ruth Chris anytime soon, right? Yeah. That's the difference. It's not, it's, I'd rather stick with shorting the worst and going long the best 
and just not messing with staying away from the middle story. ground. Yeah, staying staying away from the middle ground on, on when it comes to this stuff. Oh, by the way, someone Assad Hussein. Oh, <laughs> uh, Assad who uh, Assad Hussein eleven eleven. Are you guys including coffee chains like Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts? So I had a lot of Starbucks. I sold my Starbucks. Um, undetermined. I don't think Starbucks is going to recover fully for a very long time. And Starbucks stock has mostly recovered. And I didn't like that. I, I think people are, are too eager to get back into Starbucks because it's a beloved brand, the same way that Disney is a beloved brand. And I get Disney. I sold 75% of my Disney. I still kept a little because it's so beloved. I can't stand the thought of completely selling all of it. But honestly, as much as Disney is a beloved brand, we're not going back to Disney anything for a while just because you can't. And I think Starbucks, are you going to be rolling into Starbucks every day after this? Like, no way, right? No. Despite them having drive throughs it's it's still something that you think about as a a destination experience. Yeah, exactly. You can make your own coffee. If you just want coffee, you can make that at home. If you want the experience, you're going to a Starbucks. And I feel like people are going to stay away from the experiences. And don't you think that, oh, by the way, we talked about uh, uh, small appliances. I bet coffee machines, they've sold so, can you imagine how many coffee machines were sold over the last three, four weeks? So people have probably spent a lot of money on really nice cappuccino and coffee machines. And I bet you that they have gotten better at not needing Starbucks over the past month. I'm not a coffee yep. drinker. Yeah. But I just don't love Starbucks at these levels. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on it. I think Starbucks is at risk of disappointing more than impressing when they ultimately come out with earnings. And I haven't seen. Well, I, maybe they did. And they do know. have earnings coming up. I think it's next week. I can't find the exact date, but but they do have earnings next week. Also on Wednesday is Yum Brands. We talked touched on that a little bit. That's KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. Also is Cheesecake Factory. That's so, another one we've talked about yeah, in previous shows. I, I was heavily shortcake um, throughout this entire thing. Uh, you know, I shorted cake, I think up there close to 40. Uh, I'm no longer shortcake because it's kind of made its it's made its big move down. I think they are like the other big, they're like the other big guys. Uh, they're gonna try to survive this. I think they're probably the weakest of the big chains because they levered up recently this last year, they bought a group of restaurants. I forget the name of the group. It's like seven different restaurant brands and uh, some really good restaurants actually, but all restaurants that will do terrible over the next year will cake levered up in order to make that acquisition at the absolute worst time. So they actually yep. have a pretty weak balance sheet. The positive for cake that I've seen out there is that I know this seems weird. They have a bunch of mall locations. And because of that, uh, they are seen as an anchor tenant, I guess, at the, some of these malls. Yeah, at the food and, court. And they have, well, they're not in a food court, but they have like these huge, like, and so they think that they have negotiating leverage with the REIT, which is like, you know, the big mall REIT, to basically allow them to not pay rent during this time because they want them to stick around. If Cheesecake Factory goes out of business at these malls and there's a big empty, what used to be a Cheesecake Factory, that would be terrible uh, for these mall operators and they can't easily replace that. So there's a natural incentive 
to maybe allow Cheesecake Factory a really long leash in not paying their rent or defraying their rent for a long time. So that is a, a positive for Cheesecake Factory. I don't know if it's a positive enough to save them. They're not paying yeah. rent. They've already said, we're not paying rent anywhere. Like they've already said that. And so we'll see what happens with cake. I don't like them. If I, if you, if I had to go long or short, I would definitely go short cake. But and I think on I Thursday, we have Duncan Brands, McDonald's, and Pollo Loco. Yeah, I mean, those are, again, like the middle grounds. They're not going to do terrible. They're not going to do great. I don't really have any differentiated information on McDonald's or Pollo Loco uh, that I think I could bring into the trade. Yeah, I mean, just sense. thinking through Duncan, I wouldn't think that they're going to do well because most of the time you're using that as like on the way to work, you go grab Duncan. Yes. Yeah. Um, Starbucks too. The, yeah. Duncan Starbucks, Starbucks is the same. The same. The, these, yeah. those, those brands kind of built into their DNA is the idea of this is like you're on the go, sure. you know, quick pickup on your way to work. And if you're not going to work, you definitely don't need a Dunkin' Donuts between your bed and your couch where you're planning to spend the day. But, but Dave, Dunkin's even worse than Starbucks because remember we talked about geographic concentration? Yes. Dunkin' has a very high concentration of stores in the Northeast where it's gotten hit the worst. So Dunkin' is actually potentially in a worse situation than Starbucks. And because that their, their stock chart there? Yep. I don't like I don't like Duncan here, man. I just I, I don't like it here. I don't I want to stay away from it. I'm not gonna yeah. short them. No. But no, no, I, I don't feel like they they're really going down, but you know, here's here's a five-year chart on Duncan. If you're a long-term Dunkin' Donuts fan, yes, you're going to see that this stock will eventually make it back. And it's a long-term long, but if we're talking about trades that are going to move in a volatile time, I'm I'm staying away from Duncan. Yeah, if you want to be yeah, in Duncan, just wait wait a month and see what happens if it if you get a better price. By the um, way, uh, now's a good time to let everyone know we're not financial advisors. We're not telling you what to trade. This is what we're thinking for our own accounts. This is for education purposes only. Uh, yeah, and if I said you should stay away from it, I misspoke. I'm staying away from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Friday, Friday next uh, May May first is is Ruth, and that is uh, one of your big shorts. Uh, yeah. Then next week, Monday, we have Shake Shack and Texas Roadhouse. And let me say this, Dave, it, it, I'm short Ruth for the long term. I, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen next Friday when they have earnings. They might pop on some, you know, irrelevant things that the CEO says to, to prop up, you know, confidence in the company. I just think that they're going to suffer all year. And there's just going to be this, this trending down, you know, people are going to start to realize that they're not going to recover like some of the other restaurants maybe we'll start to recover. I think Ruth will be the last to recover. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't touch this thing here at all. Yeah. Uh, so somebody keeps asking about, and I, I talked to you about this earlier, Chris, or I think I texted about it, the CO2 shortage. Yeah. Tell <laughs> me what you... how that affects restaurants. Right. And so I brought it up because I, I was afraid it was going to affect bottlers. Right. And I think it's probably got the biggest impact on bottlers because it increases from what I've heard. CO2 prices could go up like 25%, right? And so for a bottler, I think that's a really big deal because that cuts into your profit margin. For a restaurant, I'm not sure how big your CO2 budget is, right? For Because you've got like your, you know, your Phillips, you know. So it, this is, it can't be that big. It, yeah. it, it, it's it's, it's it, not that big. And, yeah. and honestly, like, even if we couldn't get CO2 for, you know, sodas and stuff, we would just have canned soda, yeah. Um, yeah. As a replacement, 
Yes, yeah, so and, and restaurants like affecting restaurants as much, except for if it affects the availability of bottled beverages you could get. Um, but it wouldn't have any effect on being able to deliver food and. I, like I think I think there's people there. There are others higher up in the supply chain that it would impact uh, well before restaurants. We have a lot of things to worry about. Uh, CO two is not top of mind right now. Yeah, um, just so especially just without dine in. Yeah, if you, if you don't have dine in guests, you're probably not selling as many uh, soft drinks. And, oh yeah, as, as sure. takeout. And I did read that the uh, CEO of. Uh, Chipotle was talking about he, they weren't even sure how they were going to reopen their drink station because that is a yeah. heavily trafficked, uh, you know, people coming in contact, you know, so they're, they're probably yeah, shutting so, those down anyway. Right. Yes. Yeah, so maybe they're going to force you to do cans and bottles for a while, in which case, you know, basically all the loss gets eat up, eaten up by the, uh, you know, by the bottler. But I mean, a 25% increase in CO2 isn't necessarily 25% increase in the drink cost. No, so I one think of the components. I think right? it's a, a it's a it's a round off error. Yeah. Um. By the way, some some supply chain uh, data that our viewers might be interested in from my restaurant, at least. Uh, we uh, two sides of the story here. One side is food uh, food food distribution, which is Cisco. Uh, Cisco laid off about we've heard about half of their sales force. Uh, we've even heard. Some even internal rumors that, oh, it doesn't matter because half of restaurants are going out of business anyway, right? So like, <laughs> reps are getting double the accounts, but like half of them will go out of business. They'll be right back where they started. But Cisco could lose half of their, half of their revenue from this. I'm also short Cisco because of that. Um, on the flip side, there's Ecolab. Ecolab supplies restaurants like ours with all of our chemicals, all of our cleaning supplies. And you would think that Ecolab would maybe be doing not so great. And I haven't traded Ecolab yet. I'm thinking about trading it today because we have not been able to get any supplies from Ecolab uh, for the past month. They have been sold out of almost everything. And that's because they also supply hospitals. So Ecolab seems to be crushing it right now. It's a trade I'm going to look into later today. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, once restaurants come back, then Ecolab will be supplying all of us again. But even, even without us being open, open, we still need Ecolab and all their stuff, right? The, and the so, downside concern of Ecolab right now is that all of dentist offices and you know, you're not doing as many elective things, right? And I know that they're all... So they're they're getting hit on the revenue side from uh, from well things. yes but but here's the thing um, and I don't know maybe it's different supplies for dental offices like we can't it's not the get... supplies right it's it's the, that's one part of their business but the other is that um, uh, don't they do all the they don't they pick up all the uh, used supplies also like oh oh yeah. I don't know you're right they might lose money that's a good point they might lose money on. Um, Basically, sent like sanitation yeah, type right. stuff that they do. It's just for, a thought. I, I need to look at it more. I, I, I don't know enough to say that that's a. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I'll, I'll do do look into it. I think it's an yeah. opportunity. It, it could be a trade on Ecolab. I like what I'm seeing there or what I'm hearing about them, uh, and that's coming straight from the source, like straight from yeah. a restaurant that can't we can't get our Ecolab stuff right now um, because they've been sold out. So just just some stuff to think about for the supply side. And Did because we... we're coming up on this uh, one hour mark, I do want to uh, ask everyone to please smash the like button, 
Really helps us out with the YouTube algorithm. If you're not already subscribed, please do that. Make sure you set notifications to all because that's really the only way you'll know when we're live. We do this twice a week. We do archive these, but please let us let us get our word out to more people. So we should probably talk about um, something that happened during the show. Uh, the market kind of tanked and sold off a couple hundred points and then um, popped right back up. Apparently, Gilead failed a drug trial. There, uh, I think Remdesivir is the one that uh, people have oh, high hopes. I of. knew it. I knew that. Like yeah. you know how negative I like that Remdesivir. I was like, it's getting propped up way too much. Yeah. That, remember that boat? That story out of the Chicago hospital. Everyone was like, oh, remember we talked about that last week? Yep. They're like, oh, you know, it's working so well. I'm like, that is not real data. That's yeah. not real data. Yeah. You're, that is completely is, – is, are they down? They're only down like four bucks though. Right. But, I mean, so what ha- What you missed during this whole thing is that the Dow sold off a couple hundred points. Um, Amazon actually dropped 50 points. And I was rushing to try to make a trade real quick, but I didn't get there in time. So wait, they're down only four. Surprisingly, they're down only four four bucks. Gilead. They're still a great company. I mean, look, they're you know. I, I saw that in the comments. I haven't found a news story yet that is confirming yeah. that. No, that was the rumor. I heard another rumor was that um, uh, what's what's her name? Um, the lady that was running for president. Um, that she had a family member die. Um, Elizabeth Warren. I heard. I I thought somebody said that. So why would Amazon be down on on the Gilead? It's a, it's it's just you know algos, right? Oh, they get, algos. They get a they get a headline, they sell it, and uh, they're probably just doing oh. index sales in the net. It, uh, so here's the thing: I, for people that don't really understand how quants uh, and quant funds operate on a lot of these algos, it's something that me and Jordan have a lot of insight into. As you guys probably know, our company ticker tags. We work closely with a lot of funds the last five years. These sorts of algos are trading contextualized data, and that's where quants are weakest. Where quants are really strong is trading um, algos based on financial data because financial data is black and white and it's really clean, and they can develop really clean statistical models to say when this happens to this piece of financial data, we want our algo to do this. But the quants the last few years started getting involved with contextualized data sets, which is what me and Jordan's company specialized in, ticker tags. And they trying to set algos based on contextualized data is extraordinarily hard because there is that contextualization is interpretable. So like what happened right now, they probably had some you know type of algo to where anything negative based on Gilead or any other type of drug that fails, right? They overreacted, right? It overreacted yeah. on the market and they probably got killed or slaughtered on that trade. Yeah. So, yeah. Fa- so it's it dropped from 83 down to 76, then back up to 80 and now back to 76. It's it's yeah. bouncing around. Look at the yeah. look at the chart for like um either the S&P or like Amazon or somebody where you can you can see that hit in real time. It was crazy. But let me ask you, what's, you know, Gilead, when I looked into this drug to begin with, like I was shocked because even if this drug was a massive success, the revenue potential from this drug was right. so small. It's an intravenous drug. You have to be on an IV for days to take this drug. 
Like that is yeah. not an easy thing. Can, what we, what's we good? were talking about that and and how this you know as a drug is going to be difficult to administer, even if it were the magical thing. It's not an overnight cure, and it is a hospital administered slow slow procedure. And the fact that now they've had a failure in clinical trials has has knocked the market down a little bit. Yeah, the concept with it is that it um, slows it sto- slows or stops the propagation of certain viruses, and they were hoping that it was going to do that with this one. Um, yeah, apparently but, that's but, not the case. But it, 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 it already failed. Like, I think the last time they tried this with something similar, it was yeah. a complete failure. This right. drug was a complete failure, and that's why it was odd that people were so positive about this. Um now, what's really scary is, uh, and Gilead you know, is now uh, saying that they regret that the uh, World Health Organization prematurely posted their trial information. Yeah, sounds like this was this was supposed to not happen during market hours. Yeah, I mean, they really didn't need that. It's you know, they're they're a good company. They shouldn't, you know, I don't know. Well, well you know, they're a good company, but they're a company that was trading in the '60s. Yeah. and so why are they still trading in the '70s if this drug is over with? Right? It it doesn't right. make any sense to me. Should yeah. I short some Gilead right now just to be part this, of this? This is the uh, one day uh, or one year chart. You can see Gilead is in green and the S&P and Dow are uh, in orange and red. Okay. I'm going to short it right now. Uh, I'm going to short I'll short just 2,000 shares of Gilead because I, I thought that this thing would tank way harder, way, way harder um, if, on this type of news. I'm I must. We must be missing something here. No, but you got to realize that this remdesivir, it's it's not a, it's not responsible for this entire pump, right? I mean, they were going up before the whole remdesivir. Um, How? What do you mean? Right? No. Well, I mean, well, they're no they're, remdesivir was, was being they were, the underperforming. They were underperforming the market until uh, yeah until the market crashed. Yeah, remdesivir has been off. going on since January, February Is in, in okay. Uh, China. Okay, I'm mistaken. Okay. Yeah, here's here's yeah. their chart. Here's their five year chart. They had this pop only because the rest of the market was tanking, and they were seen as a a, a way to mitigate. It seems to me they should be ten bucks lower. I shorted a couple thousand shares. We'll see how that goes. Did it go through? Somebody said that it was uh, halted. It looks like yeah, evil genius, always on top of the news. Evil. <laughs> Wait, did it go? Oh, let me see if it went. If yeah, I got it. See if it went through. through. Wait, what do you mean? How do you? What went through my trade? I got my yeah, trade right. went through. Did it? No, okay. it? And the and the ticker's still moving, so maybe okay. maybe that yeah, halt I, is I, over. I'm good. My trade okay. went through. I should have shorted more now. It's, if it's yeah. halted. Okay. So um, and it was Ebola that it failed apparently. According yeah, to our Ebola, comment, yeah. we have the best commenters ever. What? <laughs> yeah, they know more than we do. I mean, they should they're, they should do the show. They're on they're, <laughs> they're on able top to of it. Search instead of just talk. So, all right. So now I'm shorting five stuff, six stuff. I'm shorting Carvana, Cheesecake. Oh, I didn't realize I was shorting cake. I'm shorting cake, uh, Ruth, Cisco Foods, um, Planet Fitness, uh, Gilead, and Dave and Buster's. That's one, two, three, four, five, seven. I got seven shorts in my portfolio. Uh, but look, it's nice to see Amazon still holding up, up 45. That's all we really care about, right? Amazon, Apple. That is. I, I, you know, Shopify, I, I took profits in half my shop, Shopify position today. It just got way too big as a percentage of my account. Uh, what else, guys? Anything else we need to talk about? We can uh, talk about people in the comments. Or we can talk about 
How old school of a restaurant is Cheesecake Factory? Have you been in one lately? Isn't it hilarious with like the murals and the? Do, do you know what you know what's hilarious? Do, do you, have you been to Win Win Casinos ever? Like Win in Vegas? It's or it's Encore. Been a decade. I hate. Vegas. So, so someone someone told me something about it once, and it ruined the whole. Because I thought I was like, oh, I feel really comfortable when I'm in Win or Encore. Uh-huh. It was like it's a really nice kind of. They're like, it's just a big cheesecake factory, and they'll never look at it again. It lit- when it literally looks like it was designed by the same person that designed Cheesecake Factory, and I can't get out of my head whenever I'm in a Wynn Casino. It ruined the whole and thing for me. What is that other uh, chain that, that looks just like Cheesecake Factory? Uh, oh, wait. It, it is Cheesecake. The one at yeah, the gallery. Yeah, it's, it's a fancy Cheesecake Factory. It's called... Um... Oh, they're, they're the same? Because every yeah, time I see yeah, they're the same company. It's uh, yeah. Grand Lux. They're the Grand same. It's Lux. the same. Uh, Which sounds like something it should be in Vegas, right? That yeah. does sound like it would yeah. be invented in Vegas. Okay, so I don't know what's going on with the market, but you know, whatever. Amazon's still up, guys. That's <laughs> it. That, that's all I. That's all I got for uh, restaurants, man. I, I I feel like I have my restaurant shorts. I might add Chewies as along. I feel like I. Probably should to get a little bit of balance. Might do that today. Man, I'm surprised at how much the market recovered so quickly. I missed the whole. I missed the whole move. Yeah, I just noticed a comment, and so I was kind of glued on my phone for a second. All right. Any any more uh, comments, guys? That you see, or any more trades that we did over the last couple of days that we need to discuss? I'm just looking through my portfolio. The only things that I bought, I bought Amazon when it had the dip on Tuesday. Um, during the show, I bought. And then uh, when I bought Hasbro on Monday. Oh, the ha- Hasbro, yeah. 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 That was off our Monday show. Uh, and their earnings are coming out uh, next week, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm staring down Peloton. I just want a little bit better price. Oh, Peloton. Okay, yeah. yes. Can we just... T- I know we've talked about Peloton the last couple shows. Yep. I uh, went in deeper on Peloton, both deeper in my research and deeper in my finances because I bought more Peloton and I bought options in Peloton. Um, guys, I can't find anything negative here in my Peloton research at all. I have this thesis now that Peloton is going to be able to sell everything they could make, I think, for the rest of 2020. And as we discussed before, they're not doing very much advertising. So they're gonna save tremendous money on customer acquisition costs at Peloton. I just see Peloton killing it for the rest of the year. I think that contributes to a network effect. Uh, I, I'm constantly hearing from more people who are buying Pelotons. I heard from you know one of my old employees yesterday uh, Laura, who told me she has multiple friends that just bought Pelotons this month. Jerry yeah. says there's like 60 people in his office that have Pelotons and they all know each other now because they're all part of this <laughs> Peloton cult. I'm telling you guys, how does Peloton lose this year? How, what am I missing? Yeah, look, I've got, a, I've got a Peloton. I love it. What I think Peloton needs is that there's no real good way to connect with other Peloton users outside of Facebook. And they need to figure out how to integrate that with either the bike or their app or something um, to really um, take okay. advantage of all this. But, I think we need that. Um, the other thing is, um, is there, do they have questions about if they can produce more bikes right now? Um, because if that's, that's their main revenue source right now is 
the sales of new bikes. Um, and so if they run out of supply, that's going to be a big problem. Uh, you know, just the subscription revenue is just a small portion of their um, overall revenue right now. Yes, but but listen, all that really matters for Peloton in terms of investors right now, the metrics are are new subscription, like new Peloton subscriptions, growth, growth in the Peloton member base, right? Mm-hmm. Can they continue to grow that at a really good clip while keeping their expenses in check? Yeah. So there's nothing better for growing that business and keeping your expenses in check than the pandemic that we're in because they yeah. don't have to advertise. They're a triple the wait. It's like a five to seven week wait to get a Peloton right now. I am reading every tweet related to Peloton to make sure there's no supply disruptions. People are still getting them delivered left and right. I still see tremendous interest. Um, the, the brand has fully recovered from that whole advertising yeah. thing last year, remember? So I just, I don't know how they lose right now. And while they are up the other, 50% the other concern from the low. The other concern I've got is the tread, right? Because that hasn't done as well as they were hoping it would go. Um, okay, but here's the deal. So, Jordan, they can't deliver the tread right now, okay? Yeah, so because, because you have to have somebody in your house to, to put it together. So I thought about that. They can't deliver it. But here's the thing. They're using every single delivery person to deliver bikes, and they still can't deliver all their bikes. So they're like triple delayed delivering bikes. So they're at full capacity, right, in terms of del- their delivery yeah. teams are at full capacity with their bikes. So it doesn't matter if they don't even sell one tread because they can't sell them right now. Because if they can stay at full capacity with their bikes all year, mm-hmm. they can't deliver more than what they can deliver, right? Yeah. So you can't ask for more from a company than to be at 100% of production capacity and delivery capacity, which is, I think, where they are right now. And yeah. I don't see that ending, they're man. Off, they're off their highs. They've, they've really pulled back. Um, not, I mean, they're still up for the month and all this, but they've, they've really pulled back from their, their highs. And, that, and that's why, listen, that's why I like it um, because they're right sitting there at 30 bucks right now. Uh, their highs are what? Thirty six is their high. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, thir- around thirty six. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, Bo- here's the deal: Bowflex uh, and Nautilus, with Nautilus, right? Nautilus, like the stock is up five hundred percent. I mean, you're they're killing it. Absolutely, these guys are they're killing it. Um, but it's a whole different value prop because when this whole thing, when this whole thing is over. Peloton has a sustainable subscription business, whereas the Bowflexes and the Nautilus and the Homes, like that's, it's a very, they're very different business models. I see one business model potentially deflating when we get close to the end, where the Peloton business model, I see this as kind of that breakthrough moment for the brand that's going to get us to the network effect that's going to continue, it's going to basically make Peloton the Apple of home fitness, which is what everyone is talking about. Yeah, for them to become the Apple is what I'm talking about. They've got to figure out how to make it even stickier than it currently is. They've got to, it it needs to be its own social media platform. Agreed. Um, And the reason I think this is because I'm, so I'm I'm a huge cyclist. I use Strava um, to keep track of cycling. And that's basically what Strava is. It's like a big social network for cyclists. You wouldn't be caught dead putting your Peloton data on there. So Peloton needs their own to like have, some cohesion with their uh, Peloton folks and get them out of the Facebook communities. 
So right, I was that... just looking here. We we had a, co a comment that said that Peloton treadmill sales are paused according to their website. I was I was just going shopping to see what is available and and what their delivery time. Yeah, they, yeah, like. they can't deliver them, Dave. They, they, you, yeah. it's a, they're not two, allowed two to, to three deliver weeks. Them. Um, yeah. bike orders placed today will unlikely be delivered any sooner than five weeks from now, and over seven weeks in some areas. Wow. Yeah, and so I, I've been. That is pretty much in line with what people are saying they're getting their bikes some a lot of people are actually getting them delivered a little early some people are getting them delivered a little later than that but it's the other good news is there's a really good secondary market for pelotons too you can get like nine cents on the dollar or 90 cents on the dollar um which just means that all those secondary users are going to fill the gap of anybody that cancels their 40 dollars a month subscription uh, so their subscribers should stay you know should stay growing Absolutely. I listen. I see Peloton is in the vein of it's a, it's Tesla, right? It's it's Colt. It's Chipotle. It's a Colt following. Yeah, sure. you got Chipotle, you got Tesla, and you have Peloton, and you have Apple, obviously, right? But like, it's one of those stocks. It is off its highs. I I think I, I believe I confirmed yesterday that the window for insider sales, I believe, already opened up, and, and that happened. It's come and gone. So we've kind of shake, you know, we were able to shake off a lot of those insider sales uh, that that people were really concerned about this quarter. Somebody commented so that there was a fair amount of insider sales. Do we know about that? Um, um, well, no, it's it, it, it's the lockup, right? So it was the right. lockup that is not necessarily insiders. It's the funds that own Peloton pre-IPO were able to actually exit those positions yeah. as of a few weeks ago. Yeah. So that was like this huge potential you know, black uh, hole event that no one knew how bad that was going to be for the stock. That's kind of behind us now, as far as I can tell. So listen, I'm really excited about Peloton. It's a pretty substantial position for me. It's one of my, it's become one of my top positions right now. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah it looks like they were uh, allowed to sell shares starting February 24th. Yeah. Uh, is it just a short-term position? Uh, everything I have is theoretically a short-term position, and it become and it just it lasts as long as I think the market is underappreciating the data that I have. Uh, like I said, the data I have on Peloton basically tells me they're going to sell everything out to the end of the year. If they come out at earnings this next week and and say, "Hey, we're going to sell everything to the end of the year," like we we're going to sell everything that we're going to make till the end of this year. And the data that I had, now everybody knows it, right? Um, and yeah. I assume if they said that, the stock would probably go up, but that's irrelevant. Um, yeah. Also, if Peloton comes out and says, hey, we no longer need to market anymore, we might not spend any marketing money in all of 2020. That's the other piece of data that I'm trading right now that I think Wall Street is underappreciating. So if Peloton comes out and says that, or if an analyst says that, or if you know, it, once that information really becomes fully disseminated in the market, that's when I'm going to sell Peloton, unless there's some new information that I come across that I think the market is underappreciating. And that also answers a question that someone asked way earlier, like before we even started the show, I saw it up there. They said they were didn't understand when to exit their position. Well, that's when we exit our position. We exit our position when we lose our information edge. Um, so if you don't have an information edge or if we don't have one, we don't trade. 
Do you want to give an update on the uh, when all that oil stuff was going down and you bought your uh, your tanker so that you could store some oil? How did, how did that go? Uh, so these are trades that like I probably shouldn't make, but you know when you're in this world as much as we're in this world, sometimes you like to just be part of something. So I just threw a little bit of money on a call option. I did well. I think I made like fifteen percent over twenty four hours. Uh, I should have held on longer because it ended up going up more. I don't know what it's at. I'm out. I'm out of the trade. Uh, what is it at now? I don't even it, remember what was what was the ticker on it, that one. It was called. It was. Uh, it's with an S. It was called a. Oh, was it Seaways? No, S T R. Uh, gosh, what? Oh, str I don't. It's a guys. If there's anyone still watching, what's a tanker company? Strength? Oh, everyone's still watching. <laughs> oh, what is it? It'll it, take man? thirty seconds because we're on a delay. Well, the one that you All right, now I'm gonna look through my 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 order history. <laughs> Hold on, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, STRG or something like that. It's um, STNG uh, Scorpio at, Tankers. Scorpio Tankers. Yeah. What's what's a trade? Is it up? It's twenty. It's, it's, it's about twenty five bucks. Oh, so it's a little higher than where I where I exited. Um, yeah, look, here's here's the five day chart on it, and yeah, that, that was less than five days ago. Unless you bought it right here at the high. Yeah, uh, probably what you did, guys. I'm not trading anymore. We don't trade energy. We don't trade banks. We don't trade crypto because we're just generally clueless in those three areas. So we're not going to trade them. Uh, Stinger, whatever it's called, Scorpio was a stupid fun trade. It, it came and went and, and we're done. Uh, you know, a trade that we did talk about quite a bit this week, guys, uh, with our little group was Ford. And I went in a little deeper on Ford yesterday, and I actually added some hmm. call options to my equity trade. I bought the September $4 strike price calls for Ford. Um, this is part of my thesis for Ford that due to low gas prices and 0% 84-month financing, uh, and Ford really focusing almost exclusively on trucks now, that they are reasonably well positioned for any type of summer bump. Uh, and I could see Ford lifting, you know, you could easily see it covering half of that loss, right? Getting back into the seven, eight dollar range. So uh, that's my Ford. I'm going to continue to watch it closely, guys, because if I, you know, we know a lot of car dealers and we're constantly in communication trying to figure out our car sales ticking up. I think part of our geographic bias uh, on the automotive trade is that Ford makes a ton of trucks. Trucks are a huge part. Almost all of their business now is trucks. Well, most people that drive trucks, a lot of them are in the South, right? F-150s are really popular in the South. The South, remember, is doing better uh, with with cases in this pandemic and are the first states to open back up. Uh, they have demographics that are likely to be more closer to normal life than in cities like New York right now in the summer. And for that reason, I think Ford is well positioned to potentially get a bump here this summer. So Ford is like my probably my number one kind of speculative snapback play for this summer. You know, I have a little Royal Caribbean and I got a little win, but that's not going to be this summer. That, that's like a long-term play for 2021. Ford yeah. is my play for this 
summer, right? Um, we have a comment. I'm just I'm just scrolling back through and, and finding some interesting ones. Um, Chewy's has this is this is a thing that you were talking about going long your one restaurant pick, but um, you might want to look at their balance sheet a little more closely. They have 16 million in assets, 10 million in cash, but 36 million in liabilities. Is that concerning? No. So the liabilities only matter for the interest expense and when the when the debt is is due, right? So it, it, I don't recall exactly when those notes come due, but the interest expense on 36 million at you know two percent is totally manageable, two and a half percent, I think, whatever they're financed at. Uh, it, it, it's all about how much cash they have access to just to survive this period of time, right? So I think Chewy's is reasonably well structured to survive if we're correct in that their business is relatively strong as compared to other restaurants, right? And by the way, that will enable them to potentially raise more debt as well if they can prove that relatively speaking, their sales are higher than all the other restaurants in the sector. Um, and I think also if they wanna issue more equity, again, we're, we're gonna see all these restaurant numbers come out in the next week or two, right? If our thesis is correct and Chewy's can say, hey, everyone else's business is down this much, but our business is only down half that much because they're in the right states and they have the right food mix with Mexican being really hot right now, that they'll be able to issue more equity if needed. I think they'll be able to issue more debt if needed, but they might not even need it because they're only burning, what, what did I say, half a million a week, two million a month? Yeah. So they can go 10, 12 months. We talk about Snapchat up 40% yesterday. Dave, that was your pick. Like you didn't that trade was my it. Pick. You, no. you totally had that nailed because you, you and it was all about their advertising mix. I my my analysis was that Snap had the right advertiser mix. The the advertisers that were that were going to stay advertising, not a not a bunch of like local businesses that Facebook is dependent on. And I called it right, but I didn't play it because I didn't have a lot of confidence in that play. And yeah, I don't what I missed out on. I, I, I don't love Snap generally as a long term uh, company. So I would I would tuck, you know, I, I have no interest in the stock. Yeah. I'm not shorting it either because it, it it's a bit of an anomaly and an irrational kind of investor base that doesn't really understand it. So until they come out with earnings again in 90 days, it's going to be really tough to gauge how investors will treat Snap stock in the short term. Yep. And that's oh, really why way, I didn't play it. It was just, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I did think that their advertisers were a different type of advertiser than, you know, a bunch of restaurants advertising on Facebook, local businesses advertising on Facebook. They, you know, Snap really has more brand advertisers and it's not a direct call to action to go to a local business. Yeah. That's what I liked about it, and it paid off. I think they they actually said that in their earnings or some news story that I read. Yeah, I you know I still I sold all my Google and I sold all my Facebook though. I think to to think that Snap did well and now Facebook and Google are going to do well, I think is potentially a mistake and a trap. Uh, if I had to pick face one one or the other, I would pick Facebook because a lot of the direct to consumer brands 
are still doing a lot of advertising on Instagram and on Facebook. Yep. But uh, Google, I just Google has a tremendous number of small advertisers that have completely stopped their campaigns. And they also have some real a lot of advertisers in the entertainment and in the uh, uh, travel space. And even in the space like Amazon, Amazon, you know, is cutting their advertising right now. They don't need more business. Amazon can't handle the business they're getting. So where you think Amazon might be increasing their advertising because they're doing so well, they're doing so well that they're actually cutting their advertising. Expedia cut their advertising, what, by 80 or 90% this year. And they're one of the biggest advertisers on Google. So I'm really concerned about Google right now and what their earnings. I could I could short Google into earnings. I'll probably wait and I'll probably do it with you know some leverage, some options. But yeah, I don't like Google here at all. No, I, I think that yeah, their their ads are going to be hurt. I think Facebook ads. Facebook already said that their ads are uh, have been hurt. Mm-hmm. Their ad rates are even dropping. Um, as far as the prediction for. A three-month prediction for Snap? I can't predict Snap. We don't. We don't that, predict anything. I think that they shot up <laughs> too high at this point. Um, I, I'm not buying Snap at this point. Yeah, guys, guys, we don't listen. We, we we don't predict anything. What we do is we just try to understand the present, not the future. If we have clear visibility into what's actually happening at this second, that's our best gauge as to whether or not we see something that we like or don't like that the market doesn't see on a stock. Yep. information is is changing every day so we can't really predict what's going to happen in 30 days or 60 days to a stock we're constantly adjusting based on the information we have it is interesting that the comment here that the ad companies went up with snap like facebook um and if you if you look they they all did jump up not not as much but i think that that little that little jump because of ad sales isn't really going to help facebook and google no, no, it's it, it's not. And like I, for me, that, that, that's that kind of information. You know, this those competing stocks moved for the opposite reason that Snap went up. Mm-hmm. There's there might be a little bit of an arbitrage opportunity there over the next couple of days. Yeah, no doubt. By the way, guys, uh, you know, Pedro is telling us, you know, Zoom is shooting up again. Uh, I lowered my Zoom position, but I still hold a decent amount of Zoom. I, it, for me. I, based on how much it goes up, I could, I could cut out. It's not a company I know that much about. Uh, but it, we were just trading, you know, we we're trading the trend, right? That's all we were yep. doing is trading the, the information that Zoom is so evidently, uh, it's such an anomaly to get 200 million users in a month. People don't fully appreciate what that means for a company to have a user base of 200 million it's the fastest climb to a user base in history of, of companies, right? No, no I was reading that. If, if, you, if you look at how how long it took them to get from like their first user to their 10 millionth user, it was like four years. And then like, it's just blown up. Yeah, yeah. And so listen, can they can they monetize it? Do they have a good good enough management team uh, to really make the most of this? We don't have no, we have no we have no idea. I will say that most of the knowledge, most of the information that we are trading on Zoom is now widely known uh, to the world. Uh, I don't know that they're fully appreciating the fact that they have two hundred million million users. So I lowered my Zoom uh, long, but I st- I am still long. Yeah, my concern there is that their costs have to be going through the roof, and if you know if they're not converting those accounts, then that could be that could be a yeah. big deal. Yeah. 
which is which is Amazon, right? And that's why Amazon wins. They, they, Amazon always wins. AWS. I think AWS. <laughs> it's all built on AWS, I believe. All all of Zoom. Do we know that for sure? What? Do we know that? We, for we sure? know that at least a portion of it is. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think they're handling all think, of the traffic. Yeah, maybe not all of it, but I know they're working with AWS. Yeah. Um. So, oh wow! Could there's a great Danny H. Can, can could Rick's can Rick Cabaret Rick's Cabaret, which is the <laughs> adult club, uh, go bankrupt? I forgot that they were public. How bad are they doing right now? Let's look. I mean, I, I, I was going to say who would go to a place like that after, but after this is over, like not over, like this summer, because that's got to be the, the Rick. I, I don't know what their ticker is. <laughs> But I guess that crowd, maybe they're going to go regardless. They just don't care. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm guessing I'm guessing that this is their chart. I, I don't know for sure, but the ticker symbol is Rick, and it's RCI Hospitality. That seems seems right. Just yeah. shady enough. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a fascinating one, right? Totally off radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do some homework on, I mean, from my home, from home. On risk <laughs> later today. I, I hope only from home. Yeah, I'm, I'm marking it. I'm marking it down right now. On our next show, we will talk about our thoughts on on Rick's cabaret. I'm gonna look at their balance sheet. I'm gonna see what's going on there. We'll we'll have some thesis. Uh, let's see. Someone's asking about South American Amazon called uh, what is it? I just lost. I lost it. But guys, we don't trade a lot of foreign stocks right now. There's too much opportunity in the U.S. for us to have to go beyond the U.S. How about uh, we, Chinese Amazon? You do know about that one. Yeah, but we're just we, there's no there's no need to go beyond the U.S. There's there's more opportunity here. We can't keep up with the research uh, on opportunities uh, in the U.S. So we're not going to go outside right now. Yeah. Let me see here. I saw an interesting comment on something, hold on. Uh, any thoughts on Sonos? Uh, I'm not a Sonos. Jordan, you're all about that Sonos stuff. guy. Yeah. So the, um, I love Sonos. My problem is that the, uh, you know, the people that are super loyal with Sonos, I mean, it's just a long upgrade cycle. And so, they just recently did something that kind of made everybody angry, which was uh, they th- they said that they were going to start like decommissioning some of their older hardware to, and give you I saw that um, and give you like a credit or something to be able to upgrade your hardware. And they said that certain things are going to stop working. They had a huge backlash. They had to come and um, you know um, kind of reposition themselves with all that stuff. I they don't have any subscription revenue. Um, and so it, they're just totally reliant on people buying more and more and more hardware. And once you buy it, it lasts, it's so, so great. And it lasts so long. There's really no need to replace it. So that's the problem. It's, right? it's good for their problem. own good. It's like, it's too good for, yeah, that's it's, it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, Apple kind of has that problem because you can keep using their iPads way past like two upgrade cycles. They're yeah. completely still fast enough, but yeah. And I think it was a good thing that they offer some sort of, you know, replacement discount. Um, so maybe that will help them. I hope it does. Cause I want them to stay in business cause I love them, but am I going to invest in them? Uh, 
I haven't researched it enough to really think about it, but I, I don't see the up, upgrade cycle being strong enough. Yeah, yeah. Unless we have, like I say, unless we have knowledge other people are not yeah. getting, there's no reason right. to invest. But, you know, Brian Schwartz at 1236, Nintendo, talking about he can't find a Switch anywhere. I know, like, Nintendo's killing it. We know that, but the whole world knows that right now. Um, yeah. Nintendo's stock is on fire right now because of it. Yeah. Do we know anything else about Nintendo that the market doesn't know? That's that's the thing, Brian. Like, like yeah. we can't unless we. And, and by the way, Nintendo's going. We're going into a refresh cycle with new hardware, and Nintendo's not part of it. PlayStation and Xbox are in the fall. Nintendo's going to be left out of that. So yeah, Nintendo's killing it right now. The stock is killing it. Everybody I, knows yeah. that all their stuff is sold out. I just don't see any you know i don't see any arbitrage opportunity with with the stock i read something about some billionaire taking like a like a literally a billion dollar stake in nintendo um recently he just uh he just disclosed it um interesting but I don't, I, it didn't it didn't say anything about what his thesis was hey here's one i know that chris has an answer for why ford and not carvana you're long ford and you're short carvana yeah, so it's, yeah, I know it's, I know your answer, but I I know it, I know you have a good answer for it. Yeah, so um, car it's it's all about financing. It's all about the zero percent eighty four month financing. Uh, you're going to see the most aggressive uh, marketing and financing that you've ever seen from new car manufacturers this summer, and that is going to push everybody if anyone that would consider a car purchase this summer they're going to be pushed into buying these new cars because there's so much incentive with financing whereas used cars are going to receive the opposite end of that right so there's going to be an enormous number of used cars pushed into the market uh places like carvana are going to get flooded with flooded with inventory which actually brings used car pricing down used car pricing has already fallen by 10 percent. so every car that carvana has in its inventory is worth 10 percent less than it was a month ago uh so that they have to work through that inventory and that's going to negatively impact carvana first of all So the other problem with that is it's going to affect trade-in values right and so um that could also negatively affect new car pricing it, it, and it will it will yeah. affect new car pricing on trade in values but uh again it's the zero percent 84 months should counterbalance that right yeah um and and that's literally and it's not even a matter of how cheap the new cars will be with the zero percent it's more a factor of exciting the public to look for a car because they don't want to miss out on this crazy financing rate. The same way that everyone's financing their homes, refinancing their homes, it's because, oh, should we refinance our home with interest rates so low? Oh, should we buy a new car? I just see these 0% ads on TV every day now for, for seven years, 0%. How could we not buy a new car right now? This is an opportunity of a lifetime. There's going to be a lot of those conversations happening and it's all going to be around 0%. And that's all about new cars, not used cars. Yeah. But, I like Tesla better than Ford. I would want to own a Tesla more than Ford. And, I hate Tesla, but I own Tesla too. I own Tesla stock yeah. too. I mean, I got them. They're two totally different thieves. The thesis but if, on but Tesla. I, no, I think that if you think about Tesla has lower priced vehicle option. And if you can get a 0% Tesla, why not get that instead of a Ford? Even though gas prices are going to be they're going to be paying you to put gas in your car <laughs> yeah. soon um i just think they're two totally different customer segments i and i think they could 
I think, you know, in the report that I just read yesterday on, it was like a Mar it was like March uh, auto sales, new car sales. I think Tesla by far was the top of the luxury cars and Ford was by far on top of the used cars, you know? So it's like, yeah. and it's all about trucks right now. Like everybody is getting these trucks because gas prices are so low. People are like, you know what? Let's go ahead and get the big F-150. Uh, it's all about gas prices, all about zero percent. So we'll we'll see we'll see how that trade works out. So yeah, I, I about Car Carvana's Carvana's one of those higher yeah. flying techs. They they think it's a technology company. You no, know, it's a car dealership, and it, used cars are not where I would want to be right now. Yeah. Somebody's yeah, asking about insurance way, companies, and we uh, so we looked at insurance companies a bit. The problem. Um, even though they're not paying out as much in claims that uh, they have to park all their reserves in treasuries. Right. And so they're earning less interest on those, uh, you know, on, on their treasury buys. So that could, that could be a negative. Yeah. And by the way, someone didn't have a good, good comment uh, about Ford losing money on lease backs on, on buying those lease cars back a few billion on old cars coming out of lease. Yeah, I mean they 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 will get they will get impacted on on those cars they got to buy back out of lease. That's Ford credit. And by the way, like from what I understand, Ford's doing pretty well with their bonds and their credit. I think hedge funds are really supporting them because the government's going to back those bonds, right? So the Ford credit side, I think will I think they'll they'll hold together. They'll do fine. Uh, also, Ford, you know, the automotive industry hasn't gotten a lot of conversation in terms of government funding right now. But it is Michigan. It's a very important state uh, coming into the election. And in the event that things do get really ugly uh, over the summer, more ugly than we're anticipating, I think there's a concept that the government is going to back, you know, uh, the, the automotive uh, makers because they do touch so many different segments. Right. They do have this impact on lots and lots of other industries that supply into automotive. So like I said, it's speculative. It's highly speculative. But I think. I think Ford's going to do better than people are anticipating this summer. Yeah. I think they'll start to realize that in June. We have a, uh, a comment reminding me that I have uh, Amazon option calls expiring tomorrow. <laughs> so I need to make sure I don't accidentally buy another thousand shares of Amazon, which if I did, that would actually be all right with me. Uh -huh. I sold my, I don't have any expiring this week, Dave. Yeah, you rolled yours for next week? Yeah, I have one. I have 10 contracts. I have my 2,000 shares plus 10 contracts at 2,300 strike for next week. And okay. so I'm, I've actually kind of pulled back a little bit on Amazon. Um, it's just the premiums are so expensive <laughs> right now on these options. Yeah. yeah. That, and at these levels, I'm kind of okay with having the, basically 3,000 shares of Amazon and not the 4,000 that I did have, or 5,000 at one point last week. Yeah. So. I'm okay. I saw, and I, I saw a comment earlier asking why we don't take our Amazon shares and write call options against off of those to take advantage of some of these crazy high premiums. Because then we don't get the upside. Yeah. We, yeah. Why would we cap our gains and potentially have to sell our stock and pay taxes on it? Yeah. So Amazon is a company, right or wrong, that we have felt for a long time could trade up to 3000 so, you know, we're, we're halfway there from 2000 almost, right? Yeah. Uh, it's certainly, we don't, it's not a stock we want to cap our gains in. Uh, you know, we'll see how next week goes with earnings at these levels. It's certainly more risky than it was two weeks ago, right? 
but uh, we still like Amazon going into earnings. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it does. Yeah, and I think what I'm going to do is probably do what you did: roll these um, ones that expire tomorrow to next week. Still probably at the 2300. Maybe maybe go up to the 2400 strike. That's it's 2396 right now. Okay, how are you doing on those options? Are you at a double yet? Let me let me check. I'm up uh, twenty five thousand today. I, I had ten of them as well. Um, I'm up now. It's what did I pay for them? Yeah, yeah. I'm doubled. Nice, nice. Um, I'm glad we went down to the twenty three hundred strike though when Amazon yeah. came down. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, guys. I I Dave. I haven't eaten and. I drank way too much either. last night during our little yard <laughs> social distancing party. I've got, we got to cut this off cause I can go, I can go eat. Um, someone in the comments did want to know what the, that thing that you did that nobody else has ever done. I was just texting your wife about that. Oh my God. <laughs> so me and Dave were in this very heated conversation about Chipotle and I really had to finish getting my thoughts out. And I was, I, I but I had to use the restroom. Uh, and so I was actually, <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I was peeing while washing my hands at the same time. Okay. And was able to pull my shorts up without touching anything after I washed my hands. Okay. He was very clear to talk <laughs> about that and explain in way too much detail exactly how that worked. Yeah. But, but, uh, your, your wife I, texted me that you also gave her a demonstration of that later. Yeah. Well, well here's the thing <laughs> after, after I, after it happened, I was like, this is Jordan is like, was, get me out of here. <laughs> well, what did I just do? And then I realized I'm probably the only person in history to have ever have done that, to actually wash your hands while you're still, you know, going you very proud one. of yourself and went on and on about, your great accomplishment. So productive. How productive is that? But <laughs> I needed to, like, I was in the middle of a heated argument with Dave over Chipotle and, you know, got back outside and did it. Anyway. And that is why you have to watch until the very end of these live. <laughs> and whether you're watching it live or on demand, you have to watch the whole thing because we drop these little exciting <laughs> parts of our real lives and share them with you. And so for that, do I get a thumbs up for that? Give us a like. You Please like this video. Please. Please, please like this video. We appreciate it. Leave comments. We'll get to as many as we can when we post the video up in the next what couple hours. I don't know how long it's take you to post the video, Dave. Well, it will be available for replay immediately. I think you can rewind it right now, but they don't <laughs> let us like cut the beginning off until like 1 a.m. It seems like it's been taking forever for YouTube to turn around our episodes lately. So, But they can leave comments can for us. Yes, you, you should be able to leave comments starting tomorrow, if, if not sooner. We'll try, we'll try to get as many as we can and uh, let us know what Monday's episode should be about. We haven't decided yet. So Yeah, absolutely. Let us know here. and make sure you do join us. Subscribe, turn on notifications, turn on all notifications because that's the only way that you'll know when we're going to be on because they, they still only give like notifications to half the audience. You guys watching the draft tonight? I'm excited to see the, uh, the production value of it. Is it like a Zoom draft? Is that the deal? It's going to be a Zoom draft. Apparently, all the teams have their, you know, their IT people on standby. What were you saying about the uh, the commissioner having his IT guy like 
living in an RV in his driveway right now just no, to make sure the, nothing goes wrong? the sad thing. It was supposed to be really cool, right? Because it was supposed to be like in front of the fountains of the Bellagio, right? And now that's not happening, obviously. Oh, I, I love watching news people from their living rooms. I think that this is <laughs> this is like so great to be able to see how people really live. Yeah. To see to see my local weatherman sitting in his like what looks like maybe a unfurnished guest bedroom with a TV behind him. Yeah, because you can't just you can't just float the best part of your house because your kids are running around and no. Yeah. Well yeah. CNBC, <laughs> all the people are like some of them are in like a, you can tell it's a smaller room. Others are yeah. sitting in front of the fireplace. Right. Um, Bob Pisani used to have this weird knickknack room. Now, look look who just showed up. Oh, how much <laughs> better is it? Like, I don't ever want to go back to seeing those suits. And I, I hate. I no, hate it's so much better. It's so much more personal to be able yeah. to just see what people are doing in their real lives in their real houses. Whether you know you have, you know, your dog showing up for. For the uh, sign off of the show, <laughs> Megan is taking a uh, a photo for for Chimmy's Instagram page. If you guys want to follow Insta Chimmy, <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, make sure you also subscribe to us here on Dumb Money and Dumb Money Live. And hey there, Dave here. Oh hey, one of our private investments, uh, not you, Jordan, but Dave, uh, SpaceX. You know, we yeah, they oh, had yeah. a launch yesterday. You see that? Mm-hmm. It went well. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah they, they launched. They launched the. It was for the fourth time, right? It was like the fourth launch for the for that vehicle. The, the, oh, for the exciting. satellites that were right. launching all over the place, yeah. you know. So yeah, it's good. I I gave I gave Chimmy her own uh, her haircut. She's looking really nice right Ooh, now. I did that the other day. I'll need one. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm out. All right, thanks so much for watching. We will see you on what Monday? Yeah, Monday always. Yeah, twelve Eastern. We'll see you then.